Welcome to the Confluence Investment Asset Allocation Weekly Podcast. I'm Phil Adler, and I'm joined by Bill O'Grady, Confluence Investment Management's Chief Market Strategist. The Asset Allocation Weekly Report, dated June 26, 2020, addresses whether the U.S. Federal Reserve is likely to implement negative policy interest rates and how the most likely decision may play out in terms of future policy. Bill, central banks in other countries have taken this step. We see negative interest rates. What have been the results? Well, it's been something of a mixed bag. Negative policy rates have tended to hurt banks who struggle to pass along negative rates to depositors. And banks have not really lent all that much money at a negative rate. In other words, the borrower would actually receive money for undertaking the borrowing. It has had a positive impact on signaling. It shows that the central bank still has policy options even at a zero interest rate level. Negative rates also do influence the exchange rate. It tends to foster depreciation, which may be a goal of policy, and it does tend to buoy asset prices, which can boost consumption via the wealth effect. But overall, the effectiveness of monetary policy diminishes the closer a bank gets to zero or less. How does Confluence Investment Management measure whether current conditions in the U.S. warrant this type of action? Well, we have a model. The initial structure of it was developed by John Taylor, a Stanford economist, who created a model that incorporates a target inflation rate, the prevailing inflation rate, and slack in the economy to determine the ideal policy rate. Taylor's model tends to be more theoretical because his measure of slack, potential GDP, cannot be directly observed. Greg Mankiw, a Harvard economist and former chair of economic advisors for the Bush administration, proposed using the unemployment rate, which can be observed, instead of potential GDP, which can't. We have taken Mankiw's work further, adding three other measures of the labor market to determine the ideal policy rate. These are in the employment population ratio, involuntary part-time employment levels, and wage growth. Three of the four indicate that a negative policy rate would now be warranted. However, instead of moving toward negative interest rates, the Fed has expanded its balance sheet. Is this a strict either-or decision? Not necessarily. The European Central Bank has done both. Expanding the balance sheet takes an asset off a commercial bank or asset manager's balance sheet and gives them cash. The process tends to improve market liquidity. On the other hand, lower or negative interest rates is designed to spur growth. And does the Fed's recent decision to begin making direct purchases of corporate bonds tip its hand in any way regarding any future decision on negative interest rates? We don't think so. They could conceivably do both. But buying corporate bonds is a significant step because it shows the Fed is willing to accept credit risk. Bill, you write that the U.S. financial system differs from other countries because of the existence here of a large non-bank financial system. Could you explain this further? What are important characteristics of this system? The non-bank financial system is sometimes called the shadow banking system. Banks can lend money as long as they have reserves available to them, and the central bank controls the level of reserves to target an interest rate. Non-banks lend money based on collateral that they hold. That's the significant difference. This sector uses repurchase agreements or repos to borrow and lend. It is dependent on the level of collateralizable assets. T-bills are a favorite, but anything a lender will accept is viable. Banks are protected from bank runs by a considerable regulatory and governmental structure. 
but the shadow banking system is not. Thus, if collateral becomes scarce, for example, if there's a lack of T-bills, this part of the financial system can seize. The non-bank system exists because there is wide areas where banks simply no longer lend. Small business lending has migrated to business development companies, for example. Much of the funding for shadow banking comes from the money markets. Under conditions of negative rates, money markets would break the buck, which means their net asset values would fall below a dollar, and that would almost certainly lead to a run on the money market funds. That would drain a primary funding source for the non-bank system, which the Fed would want to avoid triggering. Among the future steps the Fed might consider is what is called yield curve control. Could you uh, explain what this entails? During March and April of 2019, we wrote a series of weekly geopolitical reports explaining modern monetary theory. The primary tenet of modern monetary theory is that a government that issues debt in a currency that controls has only one effective bound against expanding its borrowing, and that is inflation. But if a government expands borrowing, it does run the risk of fostering higher interest rates. During World War II, the Fed accommodated Treasury borrowing to fund the war effort and fixed the interest rate along the entire Treasury yield curve. That means the Fed expanded its balance sheet to accommodate the Treasury debt that wasn't purchased by the public. If modern monetary theory becomes the dominant economic narrative, yield curve control would likely be a necessary element of implementing it. Do you consider this event to be likely? I do. If one looks at the level of real GDP to its long-term trend, the economy is steeply below trend. The last time we were this far below trend was during the Great Depression. If we are going to get the economy back to trend, it will likely require aggressive deficit spending, and yield curve control will likely be part of managing those debt service costs. Thank you, Bill. You can find a link to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report on the front page of confluenceinvestment.com. And also on that page, you can find a link to a PowerPoint presentation discussing charts which support the Confluence outlook and illustrate its method of determining potential interest rate policy. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice, and this information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.